Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Program. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Hey folks, Lieutenant Carl Allen West here at Watchtower Firearms. This is the uh, custom design uh, AR-15 that was just made for me. It's got my Steadfast and Loyal logo there. On this side, you can see my signature, my master parachutist wings, of course, American flag. And I just want to tell you that you can't be a great American unless you have a great American weapon. And that's exactly what Watchtower Firearms is building. Great American weapons all American parts manufactured right here in the great state of Texas. And oh, by the way, the, uh, let me see, where is the serial number on this one? TX 1836. If you're from Texas, I think you know what that means. God bless you, God bless Washtown. Hey, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal program. You know, sometimes you just need to have a good laugh with all the things that are going on in the country right now. But I think to have a good laugh is political satire. And there is no one better at political satire than the folks at the Babylon Bee. And so Kyle Mann and Joel Berry are the comedic geniuses behind the world-famous satirical news website, The Babylon Bee, and the authors of the national bestseller, The Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness, something I read and I just laughed the whole way through. With 250,000-plus newsletter subscribers and 15 million page visits a week, The Babylon Bee is the most popular satire news website in the world. You hear that? Onion, it ain't y'all. It's the Babylon Bee. So, Kyle and Joel, thanks so very much for taking time to be with us here at the Steadfast and Loyal Program. Yeah, thanks for uh, having us. Yeah, thank you. you. Know, whoever wants to take this first, and then I'll go to the next person. You know, what was the inspiration behind creating the Babylon Bee? I mean, it seems so simple. You know, when when you read Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, I mean, he talks about using humor, uh, using, you know, levity and things of this nature, satire against your political opposition. And finally, you, you know, someone on our side figured it out. So who was the smart person that said, we can do better at this than they can? <laughs> well, I wish it was one of us, but uh, <laughs> you know, the Babylon, the Babylon Bee was founded in March 2016 by a good friend of mine, Adam Ford. And I started writing for him on day one, and, and it took off from there. Um, but, you know, you mentioned The Onion earlier, and that really was, you know, a lot of the inspiration was um, we saw how powerful satire was, you know, even when it was being used on the other side. 
And it was bizarre to us that nobody had really taken up the mantle on the right to um, to write satire that makes points that um, that, you know, obviously we agree with from our worldview. I mean, the Babylon Bee is supposed to just be funny. It's supposed to be humorous. And like you said, uh, a, a good sense of humor, a, a, a good laugh is something that is uh, is just good for people. But also, you know, it does have the power to make a point. And um it was kind of distressing to see, you know, the onion made so many great points through great jokes um, over the years. And we didn't have anybody that was doing that on our side. So that was kind of the inspiration and it just took on a new life and it took on a life of its own as we made Christian jokes and church culture jokes, yeah. everyday life politics. Well, the interesting thing is that, you know, Joel, when you read the onion, I mean, you can see through it and say, yeah, this ain't for real. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny, but this isn't really happening. But when you read the Babylon Bee and the headlines, you go into some of the, 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 uh, the script of the story, you start to think, well, wait now. I mean, this is, this is pretty interesting. And it's pretty funny when, from what I understand, you have actually had people uh, contacting you and asking you to stop putting out things that they believe that what you have written is true. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah, it, it happens all the time. Our, our stories get mistaken for fact. And I, we often say that it's not really so much an indictment on what we do as it is an indictment on just the, the insane world that we live in today, that, that our stories would actually seem uh, as believable as they are. And that's, I, that's where the humor comes from. You know, we're, we're really, uh, we see ourselves almost as uh, news reporters uh, from clown world. So we're, we're kind of giving you uh, the truth. We're, we're stretching a little bit and, and exaggerating it a little bit to make a point. Um, but we often are faced with, with situations where um, the, what we end up, what we write in our, our, our website ends up coming true within weeks, sometimes months. Um, and that's, that's just kind of an indication to us that we're over the target. No, you, you, without a doubt, you're over the target. And one of the things that, you know, here living in Texas, that you were completely over the target because we're seeing so many Californians move here to Texas. And the vignette series that you all did of Californians moving to Texas, I mean, who was the genius behind that, especially the Bucky's segment, which everyone that has ever been through Texas, they know about Bucky's, but who who created that because it was it was so well done or you know the barbecue uh scenario when uh the female uh uh wife was she was freaking out about meat and everything <laughs> like that and the husband ends up sneaking out and you know uh you know getting some meat and you know secretly you know, converting who comes up with with these uh these concepts well that was kind of Kyle's brainchild yeah it came from a um it, we did a Babylon Bee article that was kind of one of our almost BuzzFeed style listicles, you know, and it was just like uh, 10 things that Californians are going to have to get used to if they move to another state, you know, and we, we kind of wrote some of those jokes that ended up turning into the sketch, you know, like, like uh, people don't always introduce themselves with their pronouns <laughs> in other states. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there's water, water falls from the sky sometimes in other states. You know, so some of it was just lighthearted state humor and some of it was more political. But that list did so well. It was like our top performing article of the year. And uh, we started turning our brains to like, what if we just created a scenario where you had this Californian family that moved out there and, um, and to Texas, obviously, to do the most contrast. And it became fun, you know, because the character that Siaka played was um, was Steve. 
And uh, he was kind of, if you watch the series, he's, he's attracted to Texan culture right away. You know, he starts to kind of convert. And then his wife is a little more um, begrudging in her acceptance of Texas culture, but it was fun watching the audience start to cheer for them, you know, and like, as they slowly change their minds and, uh, and the wife ends up getting into guns and stuff. And <laughs> it's a fun watch. So that was a blast to, to make. When you talk about uh, some of your most popular pieces, articles, uh, which one pops out to you, Joel? I mean, immediately right off the bat. Oh, man. Some of our most popular ones. Um, we, uh, I mean, some of our biggest ones uh, kind of, blew up before uh, social media started to clamp down on us. So uh, around the election season of 2020, uh, we started to see less engagement on, uh, on Facebook and Twitter um, and, and our, saw our articles kind of reaching a, a smaller audience. But uh, before that, we had a few articles that were not just the top uh, like satirical articles of, of the week, but they would, they would beat out uh, any article in the New York Times or CNN uh, in terms of traffic. Um, and I remember, uh, I remember the New York times kind of sounding the alarm over this at one point saying like, this is a real, this is a real concern that we have these, we have these articles that are going viral and they're, they're getting more reach than New York times. One of them yeah, the, we had was go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you got it. Yeah. One, one of them we had was, uh, after, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, we, we had a, a Photoshop where we had, uh, LeBron James and, and his team, all dressed up in like frilly lace judge collars to honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And um, that was, that went viral on the left um, because they thought it was so inspirational. They thought it was real. And there were fashion <laughs> magazines tweeting it out in Paris and New York. And uh, th those were the most fun when you can kind of, when you can, when you can get people to think it's real because you're, it's so close to the truth. Did there you, did, a, did a, LeBron? A New York Times, it was like a New York Times author that thought, that was real too. Like a New York Times <laughs> editor shared that as though it was real, which was great. Did, did LeBron at least call and say, you know, thank you for, you know, you know, giving me the all the props and everything? <laughs> you know, he didn't. He he owes us a phone call at least. I, I mean, you some might, good publicity. You might have got yeah, you might have got him incredible publicity. Now you just brought up something that you know the social media started to crack down on you. It's so funny to me that you know you hear the left talk about how uh, conservatives and people on the right we we're not fun, we're not funny, we don't have a sense of humor. But then when we finally you know do something that's satirical that is funny. Uh, they don't like it, and, and and they shut it down. They censor it, and so they show themselves to be the real fascists. I mean, what justification can they give to you that we are shutting you down for a story that's not even true? It's just a joke. Well, you can, I mean, you can see how one-sided it is because um, you look at how they treated satire in the golden the golden age of you know the Onion and Saturday Night Live and the Colbert Report. Like they loved it, you know, the, yeah. the people on the left and the journalists, they loved it when conservatives would get fooled or tricked by one of those. I mean, they they thought it was hilarious that, you know, people still think that um, Sarah Palin said that she could see Russia from her house, you know, which was a <laughs> which was an SNL sketch. And people still mm -hmm. think that's real, you know, and they thought that was so funny and like, oh, see, that's it just shows how dumb Palin is, you know. But now that we do stuff that makes them look dumb when they get fooled. For them, it's like, oh, now this is a threat to democracy, you know. 
<laughs> it's, it's really there is no justification it just shows that they're only okay with comedy when it's making fun of the other side which uh, again you you read Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals you know and he talks about using ridicule to go after your political opposition but yet they can't take it and I, and I think this this is a reason why we should do more of it and so with that being said What's the next step? What are some of the, the, the next projects? You had an incredible book, The Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness. Uh, what's, what's coming up for you? I mean, maybe a Colbert Report type of uh, program or was Jon Stewart, you know, his uh, show that he had on Comedy Central? I mean, what's the next thing for The Babylon Bee? Well, we, we have the book. It's, it's coming out in uh, September 19th. Uh, we'll always have books, but we have, I mean, for, for years, we've talked about what, what a, a TV program might look like or a, a, a comedy sketch program. Um, those, those opportunities get sent our way often, uh, and, and we're, we're trying to be judicious about how we do it, what we choose to do. Whatever we end up doing, we want it to, to be authentically, you know, a product of the Babylon Bee, a product of our writers. Um, but we, we do have some stuff coming down the pike. I don't know how much we can say, but I guess yes. stay tuned. Okay, that, that's, that's a good uh, means by which you wet the, the appetite of the audience. Now, <laughs> and you talk about your writers. I mean, are you seeing more young people coming out of college or whatever that, you know, they're sending their resumes into you all saying, hey, look, you know, I, I got a background in such and such. We'd like to be a part of Babylon B. I mean, how are you expanding? How are you growing? Yeah, we see... We see, uh, you know, we get a lot of people applying, obviously, just because it's like the dream job to to make jokes all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it, they come from multiple places. Actually, a lot of us didn't have a background in comedy. You know, a lot of us came from the corporate sales world or, mm -hmm. um, you know, just like co-pastoring churches and stuff like that, where, you know, you when you're da when you're down in the trenches of everyday life, you really do need comedy to get you through. And I think that grew a lot of our senses of comedy. We also get a lot of the um, uh, conservative uh, college students that just suffered through four years at a woke school or whatever and, and apply. So we've had a few of those people, you know, brought on board either as interns or starting writers. And then we get some like disaffected, um, you know, Hollywood writers who, you know, mm -hmm. closet conservatives and want to work on something that's fun and, and, and doesn't hate them. You know, they're the guys that have been sitting in the writer's rooms in Hollywood for 10 years and, and can't speak up or they get fired, you know? <laughs> and so that's, it's been fun to, to kind of see this super group form from all these different, from all these different backgrounds here at the Babylon Bee. Is there a possibility that the Babylon Bee can expand internationally where, uh, maybe it's the Babylon Bee uh, from Italy or France or I, I'm serious. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't see why not. We, we see imitations popping up in other countries. Uh, yeah. I know there's one in, in Australia. I see one in Israel. Um, there, there are a lot of people trying to replicate what we do, uh, whether it's in their kind of their local state or, or city, sometimes in other countries. Um, haven't seen any take off big, though. So that, that's, that might be an idea to expand. I don't know. Well, I, I think that this is, uh, you know, something if you had an international umbrella 
uh, because there are a lot of means for, you know, when you talk about the globalist movement, uh, let's let's make satire of the globalist movement. And, you know, all of these guys that, you know, talk about, you know, flying to Davos and, and climate change. Well, you know, maybe they should get on the backs of geese or something like that and fly <laughs> over uh, instead of instead of doing this. OK, so as we get ready to wrap up, um, what do you all see as your biggest challenge especially going into this very critical 2024 election cycle. I'll start with you, Kyle, and then I'll go to Joel. I mean, trying to come up with funny ideas that the Democrats haven't already done yet. <laughs> that's, that's literally the, you know, you get a funny headline pitch and we have to, we have to Google the idea to make sure it's not a real news story. You know, and you'd be surprised how many times it actually is a real news story. It, it you know, and that is the nature of satire is that you're you're trying to predict. You you're not really trying to predict, but you're trying to take what somebody is currently doing and say, if we were to take this to the next logical step, what would that look like? And you try to write something absurd. Well, the problem is the very nature of progressivism. You know, the worldview is we will always be progressing and taking it to the next level. So they're going to end up doing the same thing a week from now or a month from now or whatever. So it is, it is a bit of a challenge to come up with something that's both funny and hasn't been done yet, <laughs> you know, trying to stay ahead of the realness. And, you know, that's the other, the other side of it is that the news can be depressing, you know, and we have yeah, yeah. to keep our sense, sense of humor about us and we have to be lighthearted and winsome and fun at the same time. You're making a serious point. It's difficult because sometimes your audience will say, you know, how dare you make a joke about this or that, or I can't laugh because, you know, our country's going down the tubes and Biden is terrible, but we have to be able to laugh at that. You know, yes. we can't mm -hmm. we can't give that up. We can't give up that. We, we, we try to we try to call our people to be joyful warriors in the fight. You know, yeah. and I think I think that's the most important thing to to retain. Joel. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's hard to say what's going to happen over the next few years, but I would imagine we'll probably be fighting more uh, battles against censorship, uh, suppression on social media. It's It's kind of been something that we've always had with us since the beginning. We've had a lot of fun, you know, making fun of Snopes and Facebook and Twitter as, as we've uh, faced deplatforming and censorship. I imagine we'll probably see more of that. I don't know if it'll get worse or if it'll get better. Obviously, you know, what has happened to Twitter has been, has been great so far. We'll see if that continues. Um, but one thing I've always said is that if, if we get kicked off of uh, the internet, we'll, we'll end up doing this in print and we'll, we'll hire some paper boys. We'll never stop doing what we're doing. So there you go. Well, Kyle Mann and Joel Berry, I just want to thank you for what you're doing because uh, you're reaching and you're touching people that otherwise, maybe with the, the normal means of political reporting, they would not be engaged and, and you're forcing them to be engaged. And you're also forcing the left to show their hand, to show that they are the real fascists that are out there. And, uh, you know, maybe y'all are the anti-fascists. Uh, and not the kids running around there in the black mass beating up people all the time, gone time. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. The anti for really B. Yeah, the yeah. anti of the anti. So how can people follow you? How can people make sure that they stay on top of what's happening with the Babylon B? Well, We're obviously, you can get social media platforms and, and yep. uh, until we get kicked off of them. So. You can also <laughs> sign up for our newsletter. We, we uh, recommend you doing that because uh, – Obviously, Facebook, Twitter, you're not going to see all our content uh, mm -hmm. based on the algorithm, what the algorithm wants you to see. So sign up for our newsletter on the website. Um, Pre-order our book uh, coming up on uh, September 19th. It'll be out. And uh, we recommend pre-ordering, too, because last time we, we ran out of books. So 
If you want a copy day one, be sure to pre-order. Well, thank you so very much. And tell everyone there at the Babylon B, you know, they get a special hat tip from the old Colonel. And I look forward to seeing y'all again, maybe if I get a chance to be back out in California. Thank, thank you, you so sir. much. Really appreciate it. All right. God bless, guys. Take care. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us for this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Program. Special thank thanks to Kyle Mann and Joel Berry of the Babylon Bee for being with us. And as always, please, if you like our programming, please click the like button and share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.